Hello, and welcome to the Lost Arrow Podcast. This is your weekly podcast for all sorts of film and entertainment discussion. Um, and uh, yeah, we are here with uh, my co-host, Eric Sayor. Movies are really good. Yes, yes they are. And uh, this is our top 10 for 2018. Uh, second top 10 episodes that we've ever done. So yay for that, getting to a second one. <laughs> the the hardest top 10 I've ever had to make, I think. Like yeah. I just changed a bunch of stuff like five minutes before the episode. I'm maybe going to change some stuff while we record. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a really good year for movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It feels like this year, uh, I don't know. There's, there were like 20 movies I wanted to put on a, a top 10 list and it's very hard to make choices and it's all been like throughout the year, consistently great stuff. And it's, mm. it's, it's, it's great. I, I, th- I, like, I always say that movies get better every year and like this year it feels like a another one of those years where movie were again better than every year previous yeah it's and it's it's interesting because i there were there are so many good movies that when when the oscars came around and they revealed what movies they chose i was like i get it because there's a lot of good stuff i could see how somebody could just miss a lot of it because there's so much um also, in some cases, option. why would you pick those movies? But we'll mm-hmm. get to that in a couple of weeks. Yes, yes, that's that's coming. Don't worry about it. Uh, so so much Oscar talk very soon here. Very soon. <laughs> a lot of complaining. Be ready for it. Mm-hmm. So much, so much shade to be thrown. Um, but that's positive for this next. I don't know how long. How long it'll be, but hey. Um, yeah, I think this will be a mostly positive show. I, I would hope. A very would, positive show. Yeah. So, do we want to just get right into it? Go yeah. go right into uh, or I guess we should talk about some honorable mentions, which is something you brought up. Uh, yeah. That, so yeah, I guess yeah, you want to start. Yeah, I'll start with like a, a movie I, I wish would have made my list just because I liked it so much, but it's like just barely got cut. It's it's surprising very surprisingly Paddington 2 which is an amazing movie actually it's like what if a Wes Anderson movie wasn't pretentious for even a second <laughs> like that's great it's it's like the, uh, it's very if you know very inspired in by Wes Anderson in terms of style but it's very it's also like honest and easy it's a, a, just a joy to watch it's just a fun really fun movie that's way better than you'd ever think it was yeah and it's it's one that's been on my list to, to see because i really really loved the first one yeah. um high and quality think, children's entertainment there yeah. So, yeah and i think the second one is even better yeah that's that's really good to hear and i've heard of that as well that it's it's just as entertaining and in some parts delightful um in many of the same ways so yeah paddington secret uh best trilogy of the of this century um it sounds like a joke but i I hope there's 
I, I just want another one. I want to hear Ben Wishaw's great voice voicing that beautiful bear. Yeah. But Ben Wishaw in anything and everything also. That's the other thing. Uh, we, we need more Wishaw in our life. Uh, yeah, that's a great pick. I haven't even seen it, but I, I fully support that, that pick. Um, I think we should do another one of yours because you have more honorables than I do. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. One's the favorite, but I think we'll get to talk about that movie more. I really, really liked it. I think it's your ghost and Timos at its best. And it's just a testament to how good this year was that it didn't make my list. Mm. Uh, but uh, the one, one I really want to mention and talk about, because I feel like it's been completely missed in most like awards, is The Rider, uh, the Chloe Zhao film. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, in name, and I think I saw a trailer. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there were two movies about, kind of about stealing a horse, or having a horse, or bonding with yeah. a horse. <laughs> this this one is there. about... Uh, yeah, no, there was multiple horses movies this year, but this this is one that's about rodeo. So it's a, like um, the main character is a, a to do rodeo and be great at it, and he gets into a, an accident and gets a really bad concussion uh, and can't ride anymore. And it's all very it's it's story of him getting better is the story of him learning how to live with it and just truly live and it's um all the actors are like the main character is actually a a, a guy who used to do rodeo that got an, an accident and his family is played by his real family and there's another uh, character that he goes to see that's uh, that had way worse brain injuries that he did uh, that's played by also a famous uh, rodeo um rodeo guy who used to do rodeo that got in a very very bad accident like it's all everyone is just playing themselves and they're all incredible in them for people that have never acted in a movie because it isn't the documentary is very much like a drama but it's it it feels more real by being about it's like the opposite of that like uh, um the Clint Eastwood movie about like the train <laughs> featuring the military guys in the train film, <laughs> the this, film on the train yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> because this time it's like actually it gives weight to the movie and it's there's no like dramatic uh uh, dramatizing the the the, his, the story itself it's all very naturalistic it's really good really good okay. yeah I highly recommend it sounds interesting it's a movie that i'm i definitely am looking forward to seeing and uh chloe zhao was uh tasked with Directing a future Marvel movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think uh, so, the Eternals yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like a space so, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, pay attention to this to this gal to this uh yeah. this woman. Uh, she's not going anywhere. Hopefully, so yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that sounds 
Interesting. I do want to see that one and the other horse movie because apparently they're both really good. Um, I'm just going to call them the horse movie. I refuse. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure which one you're referring to because there's Lean on Pete, which I heard is like really good. And there's another movie called Indian Horse, Lean which I know that. <laughs> that that was on my... Other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, cause they both came out around the same time and their trailers yeah. were virtually identical. At least the trailers were. Um, they felt very similar. Uh, and that one's an A24. That one's the one that is about stealing a horse, which that's great. That's, that's I like that. <laughs> Nobody talks about horse theft anymore. It's a, it's a, you know, victimless crime, really, if you think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, it's a victimless crime. Um, yeah. Uh, do, so, do, what, yeah. What are your honorable uh, okay. mentions? Yeah. So my first one is one that I, I, I'm i sure you haven't seen um, based off of our lengthy conversation before we started, um, is uh, The Endless, uh, directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Um, and it's a movie about these two brothers who were part of a cult as children. Um, and it sort of you know starts off really giving you a sense of who they are and how it affected them. Um, and then they get this tape from the cult, and it looks like it was sent, you know, back when they were part of the cult. But it has, it's dated as if it was sent just yesterday. So they sort of get drawn into this mystery of like, why does everybody look like they did, you know, 15 years ago? Why has nobody aged even a day? Um, and it sort of draws them back into their past and re-observing uh, re, uh, their life and sort of, you know, looking at their past choices and sort of having to, you know, come to terms with some of those choices that might not have been so good for them in the long run. Um, and it's just a really interesting genre movie with some heavy sci-fi elements uh, that are a little bit mind-breaking, a little bit weird. Um, so yeah, very interesting movie that I really enjoyed, um, and I, I think everybody should give it a try. And it's uh, it's the third in a series of films by these directors that, you know, they're very small, they're very clearly made by only two or three people with a couple actors, and because they do everything, you can tell that a lot of care and thought was put into every choice and every decision. Um, so yeah, it's a very, very interesting film. Yeah, I, I really want to watch that. I, I, I think I remember you mentioning it at some point or just maybe tweeting about it. So I, I, it's on my next Netflix queue and I'll, you you make me want to watch that. So maybe I'll see that soon. Probably. Yeah, and anybody who listened to, listens to Phantom Zone, we talked about it at yeah. length there. Um, and watch their other movies, Spring and uh resolution um and uh let's just say you you will enjoy the endless more if you've seen both of those films that's that, that's all i'll say um about why so yeah yeah uh and uh my other one is one that we have both seen um and it is upgrade um which is uh as, as i've come to call it the better venom movie yeah um, <laughs> 
directed by Lee Whannell, who's going to do Invisible Man, which is great. I'm, I'm in. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a Blumhouse movie, sort of a, you know, old school grindhouse thing. Very, very, very violent. And it's just a, it's a movie that really stuck with me. It was very enjoyable. And I think it has some interesting ideas behind it that, uh, yeah, it, ma- it makes it a, a worthy addition to my honorable mention. I would yeah. say. It, it has the most predictable twist I didn't predict. Like I would, like it's like the the whole choice gonna it makes you believe that something is happening and then there's a second thing happening behind that and I think that it works pretty well. Uh, and it, it's a really cool movie to watch. Like, like I I I think the word I used to describe this movie really is just it's a cool movie. Yeah, it's very cool. It's gonna be you're gonna have an interesting experience yeah. at the very yeah. least. Um. So uh, yeah, that's been the honorable mention. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, do uh, you want to go first, or did you? Yeah, want to yeah. I'll go yeah. first. I'll go first with a movie I j- basically just watched two days ago, and that has to be on my list because I, I, it, I don't know if I'd I wa- it ha- if I'd have watched it like three months ago if it would, it would be on or if it would be like way higher, but I put it at number 10 uh, because I really loved it. It's uh, uh, Lee Dan, uh, uh, Chang Dan Lee's uh, Burning, um, yeah. which is uh, an adaptation of uh, Murakami, which is another I, I liked to, I, I, I like to read from, like I've read a couple of his books and I've liked them. And, it feels like an adaptation of Murakami in the best possible way. Like the main character is kind of weird, a bit of an asshole, a bit of a guy that doesn't like understand himself. He's too young. He says stuff that you never think about saying. And it works because he feels like it, it works because the performance is there and the writing is there. And it's so okay. Do you know anything about the movie? This movie, or I know the basic kind of not really plot, but the concept. And I know some of the cast. Uh, I know Stephen yeah. uh, UN is in the film. Yes, yeah, Stephen. So. Yes, yeah, Stephen UN is in it, and he's uh, incredible in this movie. So it, the story centers around one guy played by. Um, Played by uh, Yu Ahin. Yu Ahin. I, I feel really bad for. Yeah. yeah. For, for the way I'm saying that. But uh, so he he meets, uh, like, he meets by chance this girl that he was really. That, that used to know him when they were younger, but mm. uh, he used to ignore her because she thought she was ugly and she got uh, plastic surgery because the movie. They, I don't know, plastic surgery is treated as super normal because it, the movie takes place in Korea. So mm. she got plastic surgery. Now she's very attractive and uh, they hang out, they have sex. She leaves on a trip and comes back with that, with, uh, well, having met uh, Steven Yeun on, on that trip. And 
like he has feelings for her he's in love with her and she's hanging out with that guy who's basically uh like a young millionaire or you don't know like how much money he makes but he drives a porch he he has a super nice apartment and he lives basically in the in in a, a cabin in the middle of a farm uh so he's like and the the way the movie is told it's, it's just like it it builds around the mystery of Steven Yeun's character and uh around Yuahin's the his how he's living through seeing that girl he cares about and that cares about him uh drive like being with that guy but mm -hmm. he doesn't understand like the nature of their relationships it's very hard to explain uh, it's like a three-hour movie about that like through their relationship and like the mystery of that man and it's and okay the reason this movie works it's because the the main character is is um is a novelist but he he hasn't written a novel like he's kind of trying to find what his first novel is going to be he just studied writing and is and is that's his goal and it all feels that it's told as a story because it's told from the point of view of a writer and the way he talks feels very written and the way the conversations happen feels very written and it's a movie that also builds and builds on itself and manages to create a lot of tension at the end and it's just i think it's a movie that you anyone should watch it's it's just excellent yeah <laughs> i feel like i'm really bad at selling it maybe because i'm just still yeah. really excited having just watched it I, it hasn't like sat with me yet but mm. like like i said if if you like murakami you're gonna love this if uh, and if you like like um just good like if you want a david fincher movie to be more poetic watch this like maybe that's that's how i that's maybe not the right thing but i, I think that's a good way to to say it i think he sold some people certainly <laughs> um definitely i was already interested in seeing it so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you should definitely watch it. It's I think it's on Hoopla, the free streaming service that you get with a library card. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look so, into that. Yeah. So if you have a library that gives you access to Hoopla, just watch this movie. It's excellent. Right. And another right. movie we're gonna talk about later is also on Hoopla, but we'll get yeah. to that. I think I'm, I think it might be on Canopy also, which is something yeah. you can get through yeah, a lot of libraries. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I saw it last night. I'm not not positive, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Good pick though. Very good pick. It's on it's on my list of things to see, and I'm I'm very interested in it. And I'm I'm kind of always there whenever Stephen Yuen is in anything. So yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, I've watched him in a few things, and that's like the first time I was just blown away by how good he can be. Nice. Okay, let's see. Uh, so I guess next one would be me. 
And uh, since my list is chronological, uh, first movie from last year that really uh, stuck with me and is it's still on my mind constantly is uh, Annihilation. Um, I've just never been able to stop talking about this movie <laughs> for the entire year. Uh, so yeah, um, I guess for people who haven't seen it or haven't gotten around to it, uh, it's a movie about I don't know, self-exploration, self-evolution. Uh, I don't, yeah, it's a, it's a very heavy sci-fi movie with a lot of juicy concepts and characters who, um, I wouldn't say that they're hollow, but they're not necessarily characters. They're more like vessels for exploring concepts almost. Um, and if that's the kind of thing that you like, then you're going to enjoy Annihilation. And if you're someone who really wants to like fall in love with a character and say, this character is my character, this character is me, then maybe this movie won't be for you. Um, and if you're just like not into very dry science fiction, uh, then this may also not be for you. Uh, but yeah, like it's, a, it's just a very well thought out, very tense, very yeah very intelligent sci-fi movie that came out in february <laughs> yeah. um and it was just kind of dropped here in america so yeah it's it's a movie that it's not afraid at all to like um to distance itself from being like a sequential narrative in favor of being uh exploring its concept its concepts in a deeper way and i think mm -hmm. it makes it a lot better like it there's a bunch of time safe time skips happening in this movie and you never like quite know how long how much time has passed it loses the notion of like time and sequence and uh, and just gets into how uh the environment and the characters interact is what I'd say in a more like in a more exploration of a concept way. It's really good. It does that really well. Yeah, yeah, and it um it's also got a lot of very good performances. Uh, so yeah, uh, I really don't know how to talk about this movie other than like if you haven't seen this, then watch it. If you have, then you know, then you know, you know what it is. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I guess I, I think, think you can go to your next yeah, one. Unless, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say the bear is gonna still be the. It's, this is the most terrifying thing I've seen in 2018. Oh yes, yes. The bear is still, still terrifying. He was, uh, he was on one of our Halloween episodes, and uh, yeah, yeah. Annihilation bear. Uh, yeah. Get up on it. <laughs> on the on the nightmares and and the horrific. Uh, yeah uh um help um anyways uh okay. yeah yeah i'll move on to my number nine which is a movie we share on both our lists it's a mission impossible fallout which we've talked about in length on this show we like mm -hmm. we we have the full series on that series of movies but now it's been a bit more time and i still can't stop thinking about how good the action is in mission impossible Fallout. how unbelievable some of it 
feels even when you're mm. watching it even when you know like they actually did it it almost feels fake and how and how it closes the narrative like it how it links all those movies together the best the best narrative parts of them and actually makes actually ends with a with a resolution an emotional resolution i i care about in a way i would never have thought after watching the first five movies yeah it's a it's a movie that it takes what you it takes the basis that you have for these movies and it doesn't matter if you've seen only half the movies or if you've seen all of them it utilizes everything that's on the table and it adds this other dimension to it this extra depth by again if you know the first movie and if you remember uh who Gemma Redgrave plays in that movie then there's something that's going to be there for you but if it's not then there's still this very well done very well thought out espionage story um with these great action set pieces that are exciting and and they've never they never lose their freshness they never lose this sense of exploration it, of the world that you are in um in those movies it, like it never feels like this movie is repeating itself even once mm -hmm. definitely it, it, yeah yeah and, 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 and it, yeah i just was going to say that the paris the, the paris chase scene has like such a sense of space you never really get in chases in like in big cities because in a big cities you can go anywhere but i feel like this movie gives you always a good idea that where are the things one uh in like in a relationship one to the other and i think it makes it it makes the whole thing feel more real yeah, they 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 do simple little things like having a police officer see them as they're switching cars, um, and it's a small thing, but it just adds this level of reality to the world um, that grounds it, um, while not deflating all the extraordinary things that happen over the course of that film, um, because a lot of crazy crazy things yeah. <laughs> happen. Or the course of the films, so yeah, yeah, and knowing Chris McCurry is gonna make two more of these movies with Tom Cruise makes it makes it all like all the better. <laughs> mm. Yeah, N knowing that he's he already has two other movies in the in the pocket ready to go, um, and the fact that he sort of has walked back the "I'm gonna go out on top" statement. Um, Probably because Tom Cruise was like, "You're gonna make this movie. <laughs> you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna do this. You're gonna do this, Chris. Um, <laughs> you're not leaving uh, until I go to space. <laughs> actually, I need to jump out of a space station. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra Bullock did it in Gravity. Why? Why can't I? Um, yeah. Let's hope so." I mean, I'm in. I'm so, so, yeah. so very in. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I'm gonna. 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say. Uh, oh, also, uh, Henry Cavill's mustache. I mean, that that, that has to. We just have to say that his mustache, the, the mustache that uh, that uh, sunk a thousand ships, is you can say. Um, and after a few discussions I've had this week talking about Henry Cavill, I'm still not sure he's a good actor. He's just very handsome. Who knows? I don't think we'll ever know. <laughs> I mean, we never will. That's true. That's you know what's gonna do. You know what's gonna test that actually? The Twitcher series because he doesn't look hot in that which in that three seconds That's clip. True. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not ultra bangable, which is yeah. really gonna test <laughs> how good of an actor he is. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you want to move on to your next pick? Uh, yeah. Uh, so my next pick chronologically would be uh, the death of Stalin, which came out, I think, April or March here in the States, um, directed by uh, his very, very Italian-ass name, <laughs> uh, uh, Armando Inanucci, in in uh, uh, who um, is known in, a, in the States for uh, the show Vice, uh, in the UK for the show The Sick of It, um, and he sort of brings his skill uh, for sort of crafting comedy out of real life situations and being very, uh, not true, but having a level of verisimilitude uh, for his subject matter that, uh, you know, makes it feel like he's literally just writing what's going to happen uh, in many cases. And he applies that ability to sort of stay close to reality to uh, a, a very uh, violent, uh, concentrated period of time uh, <laughs> that occurred after the titular death of Stalin, um, and he he just crafts this narrative that uses you know very very uh, talented actors to uh, create this situational comedy that at times feels kind of like a horror movie. Um, just because of the way that they treat, you know, the terrible things that happen during this movie. Um, they never act like violence is something to just be pointed at and laughed at. Violence is often treated with a lot of uh, gravity and respect for the people who, you know, were involved in these situations. But at the same time, it's not a movie that's afraid to make the joke that it needs to make for a given scene. Um, so, and it, there's a delicate balancing act that the movie has to do, and I, I think it does it excellently. Um, and yeah, it's, just, it's probably one of my favorite comedies, one of my favorite historical dramas that has ever been made. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very strong contender yeah. on this list for me. It's so funny. It's like, not like, like it has some laugh out like jokes, but you're just like, taken by how completely ridiculous everything shown on screen is in the oh. in the best satirical way. And I think like having all these actors you know play these characters just makes it even better. Yeah. Yeah. Something about it adds this it it, it adds weight to it because it is these people that you recognize playing people who in the 
in the world of that time period, they would be recognizable. They would be, you know, they would be sort of, you know, not exactly the same, but they, you would recognize uh, them the same way that you would recognize Steve Buscemi, you know, in that period of time, I would assume. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any, but yeah, yeah. Uh, cast is very, very strong. And I think it's what, it's what makes it as interesting as it is. And the fact that they use a lot of their natural accents is also a big part of it. Um, it's not Steve Buscemi trying to do a Russian accent, which I think we all agree would be a disaster. Um, and it, it, I don't know, it, it adds something to the fabric of the movie and how and how hard the jokes hit at times. It it almost feels at times if, like if you're watching theater, but like like really good theater, it's it it has that like um that's that smallness and it seems like it's all it usually takes place just in a room and there are people rocking around in a small walking around in a small space and i think it it gives that intimacy that sense of intimacy and that same um that that same humor that you off that i that i've seen way more in the theater than i've seen in movies and i think it really works in this movie specific, specifically yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I have really much else to say other than if you haven't seen this, I, I highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess your next pick. Uh, uh, yeah, my number eight is uh, a movie you haven't seen. <laughs> it's Asperia. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, we've Agree that we're gonna talk more about Suspiria when you have when you you're gonna see it because I know you are. It's a Luca Guadagnino film. I love. I talked a lot about his last movie, which is Call Me by Your Name, and it feels like it's from a director who never saw even Call Me by Your Name. It. I don't know. It's like a completely different movie, and it's still that same level of quality quality that um but just in a completely different direction it's probably the best edited movie i've seen this year it's hard to like explain what like there's one particular scene that's incredible multiple scenes even it takes the have you seen the original suspiria oh i've never been able to get into it but um okay yeah it takes the most basic things from the original Suspiria and just tells a modern story with it, uh, set in a, a political setting that gives way more weight to the story. It's just an incredible. I, I I think that Dakota Johnson is incredible in this film. It's the best I've ever seen her. Tilda Swinton plays two characters, and they're both like Tilda Swinton being just a great actress it's it's i I think it's like it's up there as one of my favorite horror movies not because it horrified me because it's way more of okay what the the thing that's really great about the movie does it it's and it's about the it 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 um it's about the line between eroticism and horror 
and it goes one way to the other really well and ends in a climax that's just both and it's incredible and i I'm, i want to talk about like particular scenes with you when you've seen it but uh, i think that's all i have to say for now right yeah yeah uh go see that one if you have it also uh yeah all right uh my next one which is one i i believe you still haven't seen and i, I think it's more of a original thing um <laughs> uh, me being from america and eric being from canada uh won't you be my neighbor uh the documentary um on mr rogers um who our american listeners know who that is even if they've never seen an episode um but yeah a documentary on fred rogers and it really goes into his his philosophy as a person and why he did the show the way that he did it um and it's just a very positive movie that sort of you know explores the spirit of this person and his influence and his impact in a way that is um that is emotionally very satisfying um and it it just it brings up a lot of questions which is kind of what a, i think a documentary should do um and uh, it do documentaries don't necessarily have to actually answer the questions that it puts forth it just needs to present an argument um and i think this movie does that again in a in a way that I think was very satisfying. And I do I do think people should watch this, even if they have no idea who Fred Rogers is. In the same way that people were, were obsessed with the movie uh, Zero Dreams of Sushi years ago, even if they had no clue who he was before, I'm sure that they enjoyed that movie on some level. So yeah, I think it's an interesting watch that everybody should give a try if they have the opportunity. I I I want to watch it just because because uh, I have no reference for Mr. Rogers other than like if the trailer for this movie basically and the speech mm -hmm. he gave to to get more funding for public television I think I've seen that at some point online and just that makes me want to watch it and learn more um yeah uh, the the trailer made me tear up having no reference for him. So, <laughs> that's all I, I see. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. So if you if you're not already renting this film or <laughs> or trying to see it in a theater if it's available, uh, go do that. Go give it a give it a shot. Uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say on when you do my neighbor. So if we want to go to your next one, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, my number seven is uh Steve McQueen's Widows um a, a thriller uh heist movie um movie that cares about chicago as a city about politics and race and gender and takes all that together and still manages to be like a very entertaining tense thriller that that's incredible to watch like that's uh, shot super well and it has like some of the best performances from everyone that's involved like daniel kaluuya is incredible in this movie um Evola davis is great as always um 
it's just a really good movie. I think um, it reminded me a lot. Uh, I'm not sure. Did, did you like this movie? I'm not sure uh, what your reaction yeah. to it was. <laughs> I I really enjoyed this movie. I I had a very good time with it. I thought it. I thought everything it set out to do, it did very well. Um, yeah, I just I, I didn't walk out of it saying to myself, "This is my favorite movie," or "I absolutely it, love this." I was just like, "This is very, this is very good at everything that it's trying to do." And okay. I, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, because hey, yeah. yeah, for me, it's like I remember vividly the heist scene, how my heart was bursting out of my chest by how mm. quickly it was beating. I was holding my breath. I was just, it just, just a great moment. And I remember a lot about like, I, I really mentioned like the Daniel Kaluuya scene and how the camera is used in that. The, the, the one, he sees the two guys that fucked up. And they start trapping, and he's walking around them, and that scene is just incredible. Like yeah. it's, it's the it's the combination of like how it's directed and how he's just an incredible giving an incredible performance, and how the two work together. Yeah, the one the one I was gonna mention is Elizabeth Debicki, who I think I've never seen in anything, or if I've seen her, she was like. I didn't notice her, but in yeah. in this she's she's I think she she carried basically every scene she's in. Every scene she's in with the 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 rich guy is great just because of her performance. When she buys a gun, when she every time she does something, it's like it's a movie that care as much it cares a lot about its characters and their growth and how how they grow through the situations they're put through and it's a movie that cares a lot again i'll say it about like uh steve mcqueen is a british director but he cares about chicago he cares about blackness he cares about like he cares about blackness in the united states he cares about like how he portrays race and how he portrays like the intersection of race and gender and it's very it's it's all done so well i think it would care and at the same time it's just a really great heist film yeah i think it does it does all those things very well i think every actor does a great job and elizabeth the becky she's an actress who i think she disappeared in every movie that she's in. That's, that's probably why. Uh, she is in uh, the uh, Man from Uncle uh, movie, the film uh, from a couple years back. And she's the lead villain in that film. Um, and if you told me that she was the same actress, I wouldn't believe you because she did <laughs> completely. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah I... it's, yeah, yeah, I think I remember from her The Great Gatsby too, but she's like, even in that movie, she's like, you don't notice her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I love how. Kind of blends yeah, in a little bit. I love how this movie lets her be tall. Mm -hmm. it, it lets <laughs> like, her be bigger than everybody she's ever seen with. Uh, yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, she was in yeah, the I, Night Manager with Tom Hiddleston, and she's bigger than Tom Hiddleston, which is a uh, hard to do because he's actually like six feet tall. Uh, it's you can't tell when he's next yeah. to Chris Hemsworth. Um, yeah, she's she's six two. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It's she 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 has like the movie gives her this presence, even though she's not the badass that Violet Davis is. Like when the scene where Viola Davis is a badass, uh, she she just has that like presence that's like I think, um, I think just enhanced by how the whole thing is shot and the story that's told. Yeah, it's it's yeah. There's a very interesting uh, contrast to all the characters in the movie, and I think that the it didn't occur to me how much movie was basically Viola Davis learning how to have friends. Um, and that was really her arc in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and that was a moment where it was like, oh, that's really nice that she, <laughs> she learned how to, how to just be a person, just, <laughs> just to be a human being to other people. Um, and yeah, like there's just a lot of really smart moments in the movie. I, yeah. I I love when Colin Farrell and his assistant sort of get into that fight in the car and it stops and you don't see inside the car after a certain point, you're just hearing what everybody yeah. else outside the car is hearing. And I, I, moments like that were really, really great for me. Those are the things that stick out. And there's a moment which is in which a person in Chicago sticks a flare into a car um, and that car lights on fire. And and that made me very happy. Uh, for those who know my obsession with the movie Thief, uh, that made me extremely happy because uh, <laughs> it's clearly a reference. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, like yeah. I haven't seen, I, like I really like Thief when I've seen it, but like I, I really need to rewatch it because it's been a couple of years and I have like I am, don't remember that much that well. But I think this watching this movie gave me the same feeling I got like I remember the feeling I got while watching Thief and I, now I associate those two movies together in my mind yeah that is that is the thing that I liked most about this is it made me yeah. want to rewatch Thief so uh, <laughs> good job good job movie um, but they're very they're very similar in the best ways I would say yeah, um, yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah. watch Widows is your prime movies like this don't exist yeah. 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 I'm I'm glad Steve McQueen made that after Twelve Years Slave, something completely different. That's just still incredible. And also, last thing, uh, shout out to that dog who's also in Game yeah. Night. Oh shit. It's that same I, dog from Game Night. So. <laughs> that's great. This dog, man, he's uh he's the new uh airbud of of this generation. Um yeah, that's great. I did not realize that, but that's fantastic. Um, very cute dog. Uh, ten out of ten yeah. on on the dog yeah. scale. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, do we want to go to my next one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, this is actually a pretty natural transition because there's another one we've both seen, and it is uh, "You Were Never Really Here." Came out in May ish yeah. around yeah. around these parts. Um, then actually very similar in terms of like tone <laughs> and setting and the use of where the movie is to sort of give a 
the personality of the movie. Um, yeah, uh, I, this is a movie that I I don't really know how to talk about it because I don't want to give anything away. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a great film. Yeah, uh, I it's number three on my list this year. Uh, it's an incredible movie. I just rewatched it a few days ago because it's been a while and I wasn't. It's it's a movie about uh, <laughs> um, uh, I can't remember the word. Uh, a killer, a hired killer. What's the word for a hired killer? <laughs> I, I don't even know if it's that necessarily. He's a. There's not. That's the thing. This isn't like a. There's not a readily available word for what this is. He's a he goes into houses of ill repute um yeah uh, specifically places where you would find underage girls um and he rescues them for people of wealth for people with money people who you know can afford to save their young children from situations like that um and he if he ends up killing most of the people who get in his way along the way that's yeah. that's fine He's okay with that, um, and that's that's what he does basically. He he retrieves children who have been stolen by sex traffickers and and the like. Um, and it's a yeah, it's a very intense movie. Um, uh, Jacqueline Phoenix does a fantastic job in the movie, as you would expect. Um, and he really it... brings that character home in an interesting way. Yeah. I think it's a. I think his portrayal of, of that man that's completely broken is incredible. I think he plays. He he feels that character feels broken in multiple ways. It, he's dealing with flashbacks of his failures. He's dealing with PTSD. He's dealing with. And he's just trying to live another day, like not survive, like uh, through what he's hired to do. But I mean, just like find the energy to stay alive, because yeah. it feels like at at a lot of times in this movie he doesn't really want to be, even when he's doing good, and it's. I th uh, it's a movie that treats violence very in a very interesting way, in a very subversive way. Considered the kind, considering the kind of movie it is, there's just mm. like like it's a movie about a guy hired to <laughs> to save little girls and kill the uh, abductors, and mm. you see, don't see like there's no big fight scene, there's no big action set piece, and it, and but there's violence and it's always there around and it's always feels real and it's it feels like even more real because a lot of the time it's not even like on screen you just see the yeah. effects of it yeah I, I think the movie it reminded me most of in terms of the violence and the way it's treated is probably old boy maybe um but even that feels a little bit off yeah um like 
But that's that's about as close as I can get in terms of like Actually, the way that it, they treat the violence. Yeah, it it's it's very funny that you mentioned old boy because they they have the same respect kind of for the violence, except old boy will, will show you every thing it can, and this movie will show you the strict minimum it has to. But mm. they have that a similar relationship in how they want you to feel about that violence. Um, mm. But they just do it in a completely different way. It's very interesting that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah I, I would have never thought about it until now. And I think the real where that comes from is the ending is also very similar. There is a you're expecting a big final, you know, knockout, throwdown you know, thing between, you know, the, uh, not really even an antagonist, but, you know, the the final boss or whatever, you're expecting a similar thing, a final sort of, you know, you know, bringing of everything together, but they sort of uh, take that away from you in very different ways, but it's the same, you know, basic idea of you're expecting one thing at the end, but you're not going to get that thing. Um, and uh yeah it's just a and i think it's a very it's a it's a movie that will stick with you if yeah if, if yeah, the movie think, does its job correctly so the yeah. ending i think the ending is incredible i think that diner scene is incredible it shook me the two times i saw it i i think the movie's doing a flashback or when it's doing the small things when he's going through his like, uh, like, like regular, like going to buy a hammer, mm-hmm. and it's all very normal, but it has that same like grime and style that the rest of the movie does. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's a great film, and it's ninety minutes. It's unbelievable. It, it, to to watch. A movie that's ninety minutes, and it to be like feel this good and this complete, and that it didn't need a second more. Yeah, definitely, and it and there's and there's also this sense of of again a reality to where the movie is set, and you know when he starts uh, singing uh, with the with the dying cop, is that right? <laughs> You've seen it more recently than I have. Uh, but they start like singing along together <laughs> a little bit. Um, correct me if that's not something. Sorry, that happened, if I knew yeah, that no, sorry, sorry, you, you cut out the scene where with the dying cop. Yes. Yeah, where they they and they oh, start yeah, yeah, singing. Yeah. <laughs> they start singing together. They because <laughs> the cop is dying and he's like singing to to kind of help him feel more comfortable as he dies. Um, that's 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 a scene I remember happening. I don't know if that's actually what happened. Yeah, yeah. But, um, at, the end, at the end of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He kills um, him, and then, yeah, yeah. But it, but again, like they treat death very realistically. Like you know, I, I don't remember if a, a character does get strangled, but it's a movie where if somebody did get strangled, they would get strangled for a very long time. Um, it would actually take like five or ten minutes, like it's supposed, like it's supposed to in real life, um, because that that's not a quick easy thing to do. Um, so yeah, um, great great film. Uh, highly highly recommend if if any 
anyone out there has not not seen. Yeah, I th yeah, I think Lim Lim Ramsey is an amazing director. I think that's like full movie. I th thing I'll mention is like yeah, the last thing I wanted to say is that it it feels so real and at the same time it's so dreamlike yeah. because of like how they're dealing with flashback and his that flashbacks and his perception of reality that's basically at points broken how he hallucinates how he he sometimes he can different differentiate what's real and what isn't and think all that's done just really well uh, and his performance is just makes the whole thing I think his performance is incredible. I think it's blasphemy that he isn't nominated for Best Actor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of snubs this year, but uh, I think that yeah. that's one of the big ones. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think okay. we'll talk about that in in the future. We, we will. We we will have lengthy conversations about that in the future. All right. Uh, I think we have crossed over the halfway point almost because we already talked about Fallout. So uh, next, your next pick, I think. Yeah, my next pick um, is uh, uh, "Sorry to Bother You," uh, the Boots Riley film. Have you seen this? I saw it. I saw it in the theaters a oh, while oh. ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. We need to talk about okay. It's a movie. On this one. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like we may talk about spoilers for all of these films. We're trying not to when it's like a movie that's dependent on spoilers. But I think in this case, it's like we have to to talk about how good it is. So if you haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, skip like three or four minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're starting at fifty-eight. I'm gonna try to take notes so people can just skip to when yeah. they're done um so yeah um there there are horse people in this film um <laughs> that's just that's just get straight to it um <laughs> but here's the thing it's the kind of movie where i can say there are horse people in this film and all the context that comes before that every every piece of the script that leads up to that sets it up in such a way that when that reveal happens, it's out of left field, but you buy it or you don't. You, <laughs> you either do or do not buy it. And if you buy it, you are in on the movie's level and you completely are just there from that moment forward. Um, and the movie just goes on this incredible journey <laughs> from there on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's it's a very good movie and it's it's not on my top ten but it it's in my top like twenty five or, or thirty for this year. Uh, so yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, the, I can't stop thinking about this movie because it's incredible to watch the movie with actually good politics. It's it's weird because it's a movie that's like super um super critical of modern capitalism super critical of amazon like there's an evil company in this movie that's basically just amazon 
And everything they do, you'd believe just Bezos would choose to do. Like he would. It all feels like normal. It's like if Jeff Bezos became rich 10 years later and he had like 1% less sense of morality, (laughs) 1% less (laughs) (laughs) like control (laughs) or care for, you know, the government to come in and stop him. Like, yeah, just like a slightly unhinged Bezos. Um, uh, Yeah. And it's a dark, dark feature. I would also say that there's a little bit of Steve Jobs in there. um, Yeah which is also terrifying if you know anything about Steve Jobs behind the scenes. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, it's, I don't know even what to say about this movie. It's just like, okay, it's, it starts and it's talking about call center culture, culture and then it's, talk, and it's talking about race, about unionization, about how how companies can just tactics company can use to bust unions and all that in a way that feel, feels like a lived through like it shows like Boots Riley the director is a, an activist he's um he's a communist he's a, a guy that doesn't ever like ever um stop himself from saying what he thinks about shit that's happening and it shows like it he it shows he's a guy that's that knows how to do unions and he knows that's a guy that knows what like shitty things can happen also (laughs) to both inside like um unions union culture and like also what companies will do to stop that and it's all all makes for a very, I think, a very great first part that's all surrounded by like the surreal surrealism of the movie, and then you get into the second half, and that's like that like little touches of surrealism becomes reality, and it gives you a world that's like as fucked up as we can kind of feel a world can be if. Like if, like you said, Jeff Bezos was like one percent less evil, one percent more evil. I mean, and yeah. but it also gives hope. It gives it. It tries to. It's a movie that I feel will make people think. It made me think, and it. I think it's all all done. And at the same time, it's like a funny movie. It's entertaining. It's like, uh, it's, it has, it it talks. It never feels like you're watching a, a serious drama because you're not. You're watching a a completely bonkers film that's that's managed at the same time to criticize everything wrong with like a lot of things that are wrong with like our. Uh, with uh, modern day capitalism. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's a good point. Like, because it never takes itself too seriously, it's able to say these things very honestly. And yeah, like it, it never it never feels self serious. Um, and I, I feel like yeah. that 
disarming a little bit and it allows you to sort of take in what it's trying to say more easily um and really like just process the information without um without uh any um any personal objections or thoughts sort of impeding you know yeah. you're just sort of you're able to take it all in yeah. like like it has um, like a, a kind of funny tone but at the same time is it takes it issues seriously and it it nails that like the threading on saying on that thread of like both being just an uh, a entertaining like comedy comedy drama maybe and being about serious issues and talking about them in a very smart manner through its story yeah. Yeah, and also the cast is fantastic. Uh, yeah. This is a very good year for Stephen Yen because um, he's also yeah. in this and he's, yeah. he's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Everybody from him, Patton Oswalt, Terry Crews, some of those people are just voices. But when uh, they show Army up, Hammer is it. great. Yeah, yeah. He's a, uh, he, yeah, Army Hammer. He's an actor where I am sure that we don't need to debate whether or not he's a good yeah. actor. Uh, like the being so handsome that you ignore it thing that's not a debate he's really good he's he's a very yeah, good actor <laughs> yeah, yeah like, cuz he's not like he's not no i, no, I just was going to he's not like distractingly handsome like uh like henry cavill is if we're still comparing the two yeah because it's easy to because they're both in men from uncle yeah yeah, yeah he's just like yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah we just need to mention like stanfield who's like incredible as the main character um i think like that's another one i would have put in my if i was the one choosing like the best actor nominees he'd be in there for sure yeah i'm actually a little angry he's not uh yeah. Yeah, and I've been on the Lakeith train for a while now. Um, you know, before we even get out, I saw him on Atlanta, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's this guy's something. He's got something." Um, and it's it's really great to see him in movies, though, just in general. Um, yeah, yeah, just fantastic. Tessa Thompson is Tessa Thompson, so you don't really need to say yeah. say much because um, she just she just hits it out of the park in every movie that she's in. So. Yeah, yeah, go see this film. Do you want to go with your next pick? Yeah, I can one second. Uh, my next one is First Reformed. Um, Before yeah. you start, I want to say this is this is my favorite movie of the year. This is my number one. I thought about it and like, <laughs> yeah, this is an incredible yeah. film. If if I weren't so, if I weren't so adverse to the idea of like having a number one, I would almost put it there as well. Um, and I remember when I did watch this, this is before a lot of the stuff that uh, I really liked from the second half of this year came out, I remember thinking, this is the best movie I've seen this year. 
probably at that at that moment. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a it's a really it's a really hard movie for me to describe. First off, but it's just it's 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 very thoughtful and it's very well. Um, there's a sense that whoever made this knew exactly what they wanted to say. Um, and there's so there's a concrete nature to what the movie is putting forth and what it's trying to put across, but it doesn't feel like it's just hitting you over the head with messages or ideas. Like it's just, it, it knows what it's going for. It knows what it's trying to put across to the audience. And it's very confident yeah. in putting that across. Um, and that's something that I really respect about this movie. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's never, and there's never, uh, I would never say that this movie is cold or unfeeling. I, I would say that this movie, it, uh, it deals with some sad subject matter at times and some sad moments and it deals with human trauma and uh, human folly, but it just never, it never drifts into being a melodrama, um, for me at least. And it just, it just treats these characters on their own ground and, uh, for who they are. Um, well, sometimes being, you know, somewhat funny in moments that I don't know, I don't know if everybody else would have laughed at some of the moments that I laughed, but there are moments where it's, it's that sort of, it's the uncomfortable funny. Uh, yeah. I'm uncomfortable and I don't know what to do right now. Um, it, yeah, there's a lot of different emotions that this movie brings up when I think about it. Yeah, I can't stop thinking about its portrayal of like of a man that of a man that wants to die until he doesn't. Like a, a man that's like that doesn't care anymore and that's that wants to be use, useful in any possible like it's turned out and the character played by Ethan Hawk again incredible performance. Um he's he he's just always portrayed as a in a completely human way in his like lack of care for himself in his search for any purpose any being in the rest of his life broken by his past which you learn throughout the film it's and it ends for that character in probably the biggest shift of emotion I've had in the span of a minute watching a movie, I think. Mm. Yeah. Like I, I mentioned it to you. The, okay, spoilers for first reform, but I don't think it's a movie that where spoilers are important. But, yeah. but, like, 
you think he's gonna die and then the dread sets in and the dread sets into you because you care for this man who doesn't even care for himself and who just found something to care about something honorable but that never feels like it just feels like he he thinks it's important but he he's he just wants to die he just wants a reason to die and he and it's and how the movie portrays that and at the same time portraying that relationship with the widow is i think some of the best exploration of character i've ever seen in a film and i i think that movie does it so the movie get, gets us into this character psyche where he's she always feels it never feels over the top even though it is it's hard to explain what like the the mix of like the natural naturalism of this movie and how over the top it can be and how the two function really well together and i think just the visual style of this movie helps to enhance that helps to give it co cohesion um it's all it's filmed in like a 16 by 9 i think yeah i think that's correct it's um, e either 16 by 9 or it's just squared and it's very it's very noticeable Im immediately and then it's not because it just feels like it just feels normal for this film to be filmed this way. It feels like it's the right way to for the story that it's telling. Every choice feels right. I I would say like there's never a moment where I where I felt as, as I often do with some films. Where I would have done that. I would have gone this way. I I never questioned the movie. Yeah. Um. Which is a, a rare thing for me with a lot of films, even movies that I quite like. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with all that. And it, it just, there's a, there's a sense of empathy that you have for a lot of the characters in this movie. And it's, and it's, it's interesting because it's Paul Schrader and it's almost a, it's almost like a, a call and response to Taxi Driver. It's almost like, uh, older Paul Schrader talking back to younger Paul Schrader, um, in a way, um, and yeah, this, I think the conclusion that is uh, reached by this movie is uh, I, I struggle not to say um, I struggle not to say that it didn't fill me with like not joy, but I think he said hope. Like there's a hope, there's a hopefulness at the end of this movie that uh, is yeah. very uh, empowering. Uh, yeah, 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 that's, that's the word I'll use. Um, so yeah, uh, give this one a watch if you haven't seen it because it's, uh, yeah. it's on both of our lists yeah. for a reason. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't decide what to put at number one. And then I got great advice from uh, Matthew Walden, who's been on the show a year ago. Who told me what's the if you had to recommend one movie 
out of everything you've seen this year to anyone, someone you don't know, which one would it be? I think it would be. And I, I maybe took it further and asked myself, what's the movie that I would recommend to me? And that's the one. That's why it's my favorite movie of the. That's what I. That's how I managed to put that movie at number one because I feel every movie I'm going to mention from now on, uh, even we're never really here we, that we've talked before, could have been a number one in another year. Yeah, I, yeah, I, all the ones uh, going forward on my list. Uh, if I were to, you know, gun my head one through five, any of these could have been. <laughs> Number one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you would go to your number four. Must be already covered that. Yeah. Well, actually, it's my number five because I yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's my number five. Yeah. I'll say them in order at the end. Uh, it's uh, Roma, Alfonso Cuarón's Roma. Uh, have you seen it yet? I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I will. Okay. Probably. Before okay. before Oscar night, certainly. Um, you, yeah. you should like. I think okay. I think it's a very. It sounds like not an easy watch. It's it's not like you're gonna watch a, a black and white drama about um, um. A woman that works for a family that's basically a nanny and a cleaner and and the, the, like does everything for that family but it and which will be very serious and hard but it isn't it's that's actually a movie, encouraging <laughs> yeah yeah it look it is all it is that to a certain extent but it's it's a it's a slice of life movie. It's not a movie that it's a movie that tells a, 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 a bit in the life of that woman, and that explores her relationships, her relationship with the kids that she loves as her own, her relationship with a lover that that leaves her with a uh, that leaves her when he learn he under he learns she's pregnant she's pregnant her relationship with the other worker and how they they their friendship feels like like there's a friendship and there's an understanding and her relationship with the mother of the kids she's watching it's it all those are portrayed very they're all very different relationships but it it gives you it's uh how can i say it it's it's about that woman and how she's incredible and how Alfonso Cuaron is telling the story of his, he's basing it on this, on his own nanny and his love for her and his admiration for her. And you can feel that love and that admiration throughout the film. And it has moments that are funny. It has moments like way more funny the moments that you ever think from what you've heard about this movie and mm. it, it has like very serious scenes it has it's all set in the backdrop of a, uh, the mexican revolution which surrounds this movie uh but isn't 
that like, doesn't feel like a character in it, but it's just feels like it gives it context and it gives uh, some parts a lot of weight. It, I think it's a movie that everyone should watch. I think it's a movie I've kept, I've watched in December, like a couple of months ago, and I can't stop thinking about because it does all those things, all those things so well. It's it's probably the movie I'm rooting for to win everything at the because I think it deserves everything. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if you really like, I don't know if you sold more because I was going to watch it anyway, but yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. That's, I, I, uh, I want you to watch it and we then we can specific scenes because there's like a few like very, there's a few hard scenes I want to talk about and there's a few, like I said, like very funny, almost out of place scenes that are just incredible. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, go watch Roma because it, it's all fun. Yeah, go Roma. watch. Like, yeah. 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 It's going to be good. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, I, I guess, was there anything else that you wanted to say? Because I really have nothing to say at the moment. Yeah, don't go like, on to yeah, your so, next speech. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, my next one. Um, this one was a shock to me because uh, it, it just came out of nowhere. Uh, is uh, the Scream Life, that's what they're calling it, uh, movie Searching. Um, uh, it, was, it came out uh, around the late summer of this year and it uh, stars John Cho, uh, directed by uh, Anish uh, Chagante. I I, I I definitely butchered that name. So so yeah, someone look it up. And if you want to send us a message about how to actually say that, I would love to hear it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a really smart, tight thriller uh, that uses every every uh, every every part of the screen is doing something. Every part of the movie as you're watching it is doing something to tell the story further. Um, and there's just a great economy uh, that is utilized in the movie to really just make it go as quickly as it can and to not, not, not leave you, you know, wondering too much about what's going on. There's never a moment where you're confused by anything really. Um, but at the same time, there's a, there's still a sense of complexity and characters with a deeper uh, inner life. Um, and yeah, it's a very well done little movie uh, with some really good performances. But John Cho in particular is just fantastic in this movie. Um, and it, it just really sells that he's one of our best working actors in Hollywood right now. Uh, so yeah, I, I, that's about as best as I can sell it. Uh, I know that you've seen this one too, so yeah, I yeah. I, I I love how this movie used the form because it does perfectly, and I I just I just think the narrative itself, like the how the story is told, with just like it's a good way to tell a thriller with just enough of twist a twist a good 
ending that I kind of actually really liked. Um, it has one of my favorite jokes of the year. Um, I don't know if you remember that he when he's uh, interviewing a guy that's like uh, he's asking questions to where, where that guy was uh, yeah. during the night. <laughs> and then he's like getting more and more aggressive because the guy is like kind of uh, known for being like a, a bit of a bad boy, maybe drug dealer. You don't really know. Mm. And <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> it cuts to him writing next to his name on the list of person in Alibi that he was at a Justin Bieber concert. Yes, and it's I, so it's so great. <laughs> It's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's some. There's some really solid setup and punchline. Some. Gr- it's just. Yeah. It's a very. It's a very well done movie. Um, yeah. 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 Um, and and like you said, the twists are all very well thought out. And I. There's not a. There's not a moment where I didn't believe anything that I was seeing um, on the screen. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a very smart little thriller. Um, and, and every character has an arc, which is important because, yeah. <laughs> because a lot of movies forget about things like that. Um, and yeah, and it's a very well told movie, a uh, well told story, um, yeah. with a compelling character arcs and yeah, character journeys. And it's just, yeah, it's a very, very, Good little film that I suggest yeah. people see. Seek it out if you didn't yeah. see it in the yeah. theater. The only thing I'd, um, I'd maybe mention that I wasn't sure about it's like how it uses mel- mental illness. Yeah, felt a bit weird there. Like maybe like uh, I don't know. I feel it could have been something else, and it would have just made it a bit better for me. Not that it's like super bad but it's like not i don't think it's just a great because it yeah it feels like a shortcut kind of yeah there's kind of a yeah there's something that there's i I know what you're talking about it's a bit it's a bit dismissive the way that they kind that they handle that um and it does feel like it's the end of the movie and we really need to wrap this up so let's just throw something in here so we can yeah. easily explain it. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Completely fair. Um, fair reaction for anybody to have. Uh, yeah, also, uh, fun fact, if you watch that movie again and you pay close attention, there's an alien invasion going on in the background. So <laughs> that's a thing uh, that's going on as well. Um, I think I heard, yeah. I saw that briefly and I didn't want to look it up because it's in the movie. But I think I'm. I know what I'm gonna do after the show. <laughs> Look up some YouTube videos about alien invasion. Yep. Uh. Yeah. That's all I have. Yeah. Yeah. Have to say on okay. that one. So now we would be on your number four, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is my yeah. number four. It's uh, a movie you have never seen, and you will probably never see because it's anime. <laughs> and I need an anime movie in my list year because that's the kind of person I am. But it's a night is short walk on girl. 
it's a movie about a girl basically getting drunk at night in Kyoto and just having like very weirder and weirder adventures. It's set in like a it, it, like some like she gets implicated in like a uh political thing that's just like school politics but still like there's like a secret force trying to stop it uh an artist theater um uh from happening so they they're basically moving the theater throughout the movie and she's meeting those people organizing it again and again there's that one guy that kinds of kind of really likes her and wants to just go on a date with her that's like following her and making a fool out of himself she's like she's the best she's like a i don't know maybe you'd call her like like a normal I want to say she's kind of the, like a manic pixie dream girl, except she's a normal person. <laughs> like right. she's just she's just a, a a a cool kind of kind of naive girl that just likes drinking and hanging out and trying is trying to make friends throughout this adventure. It it makes it sounds like uh, getting drunk in Kyoto is the best thing possible. Is the funniest adventure you can have because that's what's mm-hmm. happening. It's just a fun adventure happening in like one night. There's a bit of supernatural. There's a bit of like weird political things in the background. There's a lot of just like fun, weird characters. I'll just look up uh, Night is Short, Walk on Girl, Sophist Dance. And you'll see how that movie is completely bonkers and fun and just the best. I I love this movie. I just bought the Blu-ray. I can't. I'm gonna watch it after this podcast because it got here just yesterday, and I want to do that. It's such a fun time, and at the same time, it's uh, uh, Masaki Iwasa who is directing it, and he did. Um, Ping Pong, the animation, which is basically my probably my favorite anime show, except that's not Cowboy Bebop, maybe. Uh, and it's and he he has this particular style that's doesn't feel pretty in the classic anime way, but has this flow to like the movement of the people. Of the movement of the characters and how he does editing and how he does like a, some like uses weird colors to portray emotions in a way that you can't do if you're like doing classical anime. It's I I I just love this movie. I think it's like uh it's it's just animation at it. Uh, it's best like some of uh, maybe one of my favorite animated films ever and if you're not yeah. like Erlen and you hate uh, anime you should watch it <laughs> <laughs> well I'll, I'll say this uh, hearing you talk about it more and uh, uh, you were kind of selling on, on me selling me on it 
before even the show. So, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely curious about it. And looking it up, uh, I, I tell you one thing. I'm already more interested in it than a lot of other anime just because of the use of color. Um, yeah. And the palette seems so, uh, I don't want to say extreme, but uh, uh, eclectic. Uh, yeah. that I'm, I'm very eclectic curious. is the right yeah. word like the soul movie feels eclectic it feels like there's a hundred ideas put together a hundred word characters and they all make out this fake Kyoto that's like that you want to be in yeah and I can tell just from the pictures there's sort of a reality to it and I think that's my 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 thing with anime, it's not the movies that are like super artful that I don't like. It's 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 just the bits funnier if I exclude those two. Um, <laughs> it's the it's the schoolgirls fighting zombies and that kind of stuff that I yeah. really am not a fan of. Uh, so yeah, but I, I I'll say this of all the of all the anime that we've talked about in, in our time as a uh, internet friends this is the one that i'm most interested in just based yeah. off looking at stills and pictures of it um so yeah i'm curious about this one. uh and uh just based off of everything erica said i suggest everybody go give it a shot too if it's yeah if it's the kind you, you of know what go just, interested in. Yeah. yeah go watch the, the trailer and if like 15 seconds in the trailer you're not into it if you're like 50 seconds in the trailer, 15 seconds in the trailer, you're into it, just stop and go watch the movie. Because the all I needed was like seeing, like just knowing it was Masaki Wasan, seeing like a gif of it, and then I was uh, I was all in. You heard it first, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, all right, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess we want to go to mine next. Yeah. Uh, if, all right. Um, we're really getting down into it. Um, my number three, um, I don't know if this is on your list. Uh, it would be weird if it's not. Um, um, probably one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, I've revisited it, I think, three times because I had to review it on the Phantom Zone. Uh, Mandy, uh, directed by Panos Cosmatos. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I love this movie. I adore this movie. Um, and it's, uh, this movie should be uh, put in a hall somewhere and celebrated and worshipped. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, it should be taught in schools. There, I said it. Uh, that's what should happen with this film. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic movie, and if you haven't seen it already, based off of my recommendation, uh, I don't know what to say to you. What's wrong with you? Um, like, just watch Mandy. Mandy is incredible. Mandy is like, uh, like when you watch Mandy, there's no, no like line between like the style of the film and what it's and the narrative it's just one singular thing and it makes for like an experience that's breathtaking yeah i would say it's a it's a perfect balance of style and substance um when you consider what it's about and the 
the themes and the ideas that it's playing with, which have been in play for many years, and they're part of pulp uh, genre filmmaking of the last 50, 40 years or so. Um, but the way that it revisits some of these ideas and adds these other things to it, and it's it's just such a it's such a pure version of what it's trying to do, um, and it defies genre constraints in such an entertaining and interesting way. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a movie that is very hard to not find yourself just thinking about randomly. <laughs> just just ah oh, wow, what what does he mean when he calls? <laughs> When he calls someone a vicious snowflake, what 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 does that actually mean? Um, just yeah, yeah. Um, and Linus Roach gives one of the greatest cult leader performances I have ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Um, and I I love the character of Mandy herself. Mm-hmm. I love I love her laugh. I think it's one of the best scenes of the year. I think it's it just because that movie could have fallen into a trap. Mm-hmm. I think with of being just a revenge film, but that scene where she just laughs at him is in, is like it gives her agency yeah. in a way that makes everything after even more like resonant. It makes the it makes you root for the revenge in a way you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, there's a there's a truth to these characters and uh and the sense that these characters are the same character all the way through and you're kind of okay with that. I don't think red changes as a person all that much from the beginning to the end. Um but that's fine. <laughs> it's fine that yeah. he doesn't have an arc. Um, because I wouldn't want him to have one, honestly. Um, but yeah, he just... actually does. Like he, he, he's losing himself into yes, yes. into what's happening around him. He's becoming one of the he went to kill. Like he got dragged. He he got dragged into the world to get vengeance, and he's that scene at the end where he is full of blood and he just looks that scene that you've probably seen a picture of when people talk about Mandy it's it's like him getting lost in that world where he murdered him becoming like one of the not one of the people he murdered but like something different than what he was when he was just a a human a normal guy he he i would say he becomes unleashed i would say yeah like like situations unfold that he can become this this other version of himself um that is yeah just watch the movie also nick cage um nick cage gets an opportunity to really show his full ability as an actor you really get a sense of the nick cage that that you know, you see in a lot of his earlier films and some of his lesser known films of just this great emotional depth and being able to really suck you in with the performance. But then you also get you get the crazy, the unleashed Nick Cage. And 
he gets a chance to show his full ability um, in a really, in a film that I think is really beautiful. So, yeah, uh, go watch Mandy if you, if you haven't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go watch this movie. It's it's incredible that this movie exists. It feels like it feels like a movie out of another dimension. Uh, I think we would go to your next one. Would it be your number yeah. three? Is that what we're doing there? Yeah. My, um, my three was You Were Never Really Here. And my oh, one right. was First Reform. First Reform. So the, my last one is number two, which is uh, uh, If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, Barry Jenkins' new film. Um, a movie that I'm st- still thinking about a lot because it just kind of left me i i still feel the emotion that that movie made me feel when i watched it i i still think about those characters and their story and how they love each other and how they show that love and how you can feel it when you're watching if bill street could talk and how you can feel the injustice that this film is portraying how all the injustices, even the one that that aren't like the the one those main characters are living through, the one the people just outside of them are living through, it's it's a, a an adaptation of James Baldwin, which I haven't really read much from him. I'm reading right now one of his essays on film, and it's just it, this this movie is what made me want to read him and read that because it's it's told it's a movie that feels like it's it feels literary it feels almost poetic and how it shows the scene between the two main characters and which is only made better by their performance, how they show their tenderness, and that's that's how what this film left me with. It's that what I what I say with it's not only like the hardships they live through and the inequality that's portrayed, but that tenderness that feels kind of infinite until the very end. Yeah, it's a it's a very um... It's a very lasting film, and yeah. uh, thinking about it as you were talking, I was I thought to myself, I feel like it almost never ended um, for me in a weird way. Like <laughs> I feel like part of me is still in that theater watching that watching that movie. Um, so it's almost like it's not done for me in a in a very strange yeah. way. Um, yeah, it's a it's a. It's an experience I think that everybody should have. And if you can see this one in a theater, you yeah. should. I think this is this is a movie where you might not think that it would be essential to see it in a theater, but I feel similarly to how I felt about Moonlight that it's almost required to really fully experience the emotions and the yeah, um, yeah just everything about the movie and to really properly uh, take it all in. 
like you know the, the feeling of these characters just loving each other is I don't it's hard to explain how the movie does that because it just does through looks through small touches through the poetry of the words the choice of words it's it's beautiful it's just beautiful it's a movie that like, like exactly like you said it's a movie that still hasn't ended for me and I, it's still with me and it's been a few weeks and i just i feel like it's never gonna leave and i feel like i, I it's it's incredible i I think Barry Jenkins is probably like, I don't know, maybe the best director working today. Because if you make both that and Moonlight, and you have a, an understanding of human emotion and how to portray that on screen that no one else can, I'm almost crying just talking about it. It's just a movie that should be experienced. It's great. That's great, and the, the cast, cast is fantastic, of course. I mean, Diego Luno shows up only for a couple minutes at a time, and he steals every scene that he's in. Um, and yeah, yeah, just every everything. Dave Franco is in this movie for like two minutes, and even mm -hmm. he is just like he says a few words, and it's great. Yeah, and his his space work is. It's not as great as it could be, but sure, you know, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, when they're lifting the fridge as the... Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, he's he's fantastic in that scene. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry is fantastic, and he, yeah. Yeah, very, very well done movie. Um, yeah. I want to see 100 movies with Kiki Lane. She should be in literally everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh. Do we want to go to my last two? I guess unless you have. Uh, yeah, I have nothing else. That's I'm done. <laughs> I'm done now. Um. Uh, okay. Uh. Okay. Uh. So my next one uh, is a movie from this fall. Um. But I feel like people kind of just forgot about i don't know uh but it is uh the bad times not the bad times bad times at the el royale um and it's uh one of my favorite movies of the year uh i thought about this one was off and on the list a couple times but um i don't know i just i really liked the idea of having it on my list so it stays there <laughs> um so yeah uh I don't, again, this is another one I have a hard time talking about because, yeah, it's a, it's a movie. It's a, there's a, and there's a lot of movie there. So. It feels like just, I don't know, how, how does a, how can someone make a blockbuster like that and get the budget for it and get all those great actors all at their best? It's, it's such a, cool movie to watch and it's such a cool thing that exists it's a movie that's just like super entertaining and super i feel like super rewatchable yeah yeah it just every every everybody is 
playing in sequence and they're all doing a fantastic job. There's nobody who I would take out of the movie. Um, and and there's, there's this sort of running idea that the movie has, and it definitely has a thing that it's trying to say. Um, and the way that it goes about that is uh, very smart and uh, it's, and the way that it sort of dissects uh, these ideas and plays with these characters and who they are as people, um, and and yeah, just uses uh, little character traits, little um, little smaller aspects of who these characters are, uh, things that you might not otherwise pay attention to, and really zeroes in on them. And um, yeah, just it uses everything that is available um, to create a compelling narrative and to encourage these actors to give very compelling performances. Um, and I think that, you know, for some of these actors, uh, this is uh, this is their chance to shine. I think uh, Dakota Johnson has shown that she is really, really talented this year, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Um, uh, much in the same way that Kristen Stewart uh, and uh, Robert Pattinson have gotten to do. Um, and yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of really strong stuff. And then Chris Hemsworth is in this movie also, which is just great. And uh, I'm, and he, I'm fairly he, certain that he is a good actor also. <laughs> if we're going to continue that. Every time he plays someone that's not, like, I think... Everything after Thor two I've seen in him in was has been great, like mm-hmm. like in in Ghostbusters and in um, Thor Ragnarok he got to be like really funny and really like weird, mm-hmm. and in this he gets to be something completely different from everything else, but still feels like a Chris Hemsworth character, which is like what I want him to be, I want him to be always be like a weird Chris Hemsworth character. And, and I think what, I think the great thing about his performance, uh, and I would, I, I would actually have nominated him for best supporting actor uh, this year. Like, I think that's, that's the kind of performance that he gives yeah. um, is that his character and who he's playing is somebody who's going to be compared to real life figures. He's going to be compared to one real life person in particular and he doesn't he doesn't uh steer into that he steers away and he does a very different thing where if you didn't know he was clearly based off that person you wouldn't you wouldn't assume so you wouldn't assume that he's doing an impression of the person that i am intonating um and it still feels real to the script and it still feels haunting and scary in some parts while at the same time He's just tremendously charming and um, electric on screen, um, and I think it really shows the it shows the depth of uh, acting ability that Chris Hemsworth has. And I think a lot of people in the coming years are going to realize just how talented he is as as he maybe gets to move away from Thor just a little bit. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Last thing I need to mention about it is like we need to say that since uh, Erivo is probably 
is incredible in this. She's like she she steals every scene. She's she's another one that I feel came out for me maybe out of nowhere this year between that and Widows, and she's just excellent in both. I didn't realize she was the same person. Um, I didn't films. until right now. Until I'm admit it, I didn't yeah. until like right this second. Oh wow! <laughs> but... Yeah, no, I think I completely understand <laughs> because I was like, who? I, I feel like I know that I know her from somewhere, and I looked at her yeah. like that's the same person. Wow, she's yeah. Uh, I hope she's in everything going forward yeah. because she she does. She does a lot of good stuff in this. And uh Lewis yeah. Pullman, who plays the uh the uh counter attendant, um, he's he's not been in a lot of things uh before this, but he uh he does he does some very good work in this movie. Um and yeah, it's, it's a very strong ensemble cast with some with some new faces that I hope stick around for a very long time. Mm. So yeah. 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 Uh okay, I think I think we're good on that one. I think I sold some yeah. people see that one. Um now we close out with um maybe my one of my favorite movies released in the last couple of years. Um I I struggle not to say that it's the Mad Max Fury Road of this year. Uh <laughs> uh Spider Man Enter the Spider Verse. Um yeah, I I adore this this movie um i've watched it three times in the theaters uh i struggle not to go back and see it at four (laughs) um yeah it's just it's this i i i was kind of down on spider-man honestly like even after the marvel movies (laughs) even after um tom holland who's great in those movies uh this movie made me fall in love with the concept and the character of Spider-Man and what Spider-Man represents. Um, again, uh, I felt like I did as a child where when you're a child, Spider-Man's your favorite, you know, you know him and Batman probably. Um, and I felt that again uh, after this movie. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, Spider-Man is... <laughs> It's so good. Like we've talked about it for like we had it like a ten, fifteen minute talk a few episodes ago on it, and I still think the same. I still think I fucking want to watch that movie again, and I should just go and see it. It's like I, I just, I'm, I don't buy movies on Blu-ray, but I'm gonna buy this one because I show it to all my friends that have it when I haven't gone to see it, and in that way, it's probably the Mad Max of this year. Because that's what I did yeah. with Mad Max, right? Like it's, yeah, yeah. Like when this comes out on digital, I'm going to watch this five nights in a row <laughs> <laughs> as I'm falling asleep. It's just gonna be my my lullaby as I yeah. as I drift off because, yeah, um, it's just it's so good. Um, and if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's fantastic yeah. it should be the biggest movie on earth right now um so yeah uh, just yeah yeah, yeah. The, the thing um, i see is the reason it works so well for me is because it 
goes into the nature of superheroes at the same time mm. as going into the character of Miles and what he can represent and what he is as a person and and makes a story out of all that that's like that's not like that that's inspiring and full of like everything all the best things that a superhero can be and for that i i think it's just like a move it's a movie that'll make you smile and laugh and that's at the same time the most stylish animated film you'll ever watch probably because it feels like its style is something that's never been done and people will try to try to imitate probably a bunch which is a good thing because it looks so fucking good it's i hope so yeah yeah it's I, honestly this movie is a miracle it's a miracle it exists it's a miracle it's this good and i can't help but be so happy that it is because we got we get to see we watch it and rewatch it and rewatch it and it's it's great it's it's uh, just a uh, like like we said probably the 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 best superhero film if yeah. we think maybe i don't know that the best movie about a superhero but it's the best movie about being a superhero there is that's what i say yeah i i would i'd say that's fair that's a fair fair uh yeah fair way of putting it uh yeah, yeah. uh yeah. i don't know how to close these out cuz list and those are hard to close out but uh yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess. Do we have any like final thoughts in the year overall? Um, like, because uh, what a good year! What a yeah. good year! What a bunch of good movies we got to talk about. Honestly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like many of the movies that weren't on my list that were on yours, they would have been on my list in another year. They 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 absolutely yeah. would have. <laughs> they would have been my favorite movies of the year, um, and I'm sure like, vice versa. Um, like. So, I, I yeah. don't know how how I didn't put Mandy on my list or Spider Man. Like, I I was I spent the last few days like ordering and reordering and changing stuff and so much good shit. At, at some point, I was almost just gonna pick ten and give up. But yeah, I don't know. I'm very happy with my list. I wish we. It was 20 movies long, 30 movies long. I don't know. I haven't had a year with so many great movies ever, I think. And there's yeah. a bunch like of we, we haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, if, if we had all the time in the world, I would do a top 25 with you for this year because it's that kind of year. Yeah. Um, uh, but we yeah, did a top 10 I, and it's already like two hours long. So many. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's two hours. It's uh, it's one of our longer episodes. So, yeah, it's a good year. Go watch any of these movies. Watch even half of the movies that we just listed off, and yeah. you will have a good time. So, pick, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. Pick the one we convinced you to watch, and just watch it. And if you like it, mm-hmm. watch another one. And if you like it, there's yeah. always and there's always more. And if you want more recommendations, you can. Always, uh, 
tweet at us, tweet at me, I'll say. I don't know if Arlen wants your tweets. <laughs> I'm at Isayer on Twitter, uh, where I review every movie that I watch. Um, we, you can also email, email us at uh, losharopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, tell us what's your top 10. We'd love to tell hear us. that. Yeah, tell us. And like, if, you, if there are movies that nobody's paying attention to, I yeah. want to hear about that. I want to hear about stuff that that's really great that we haven't heard about. And you did say something earlier about uh, us going through and saying our list in order, saying that yeah. we're again. I think we should do that real quick before we go. Sure. So you want to go first? Sure. Uh, okay, I'll go starting with 10. 10 is Burning. 9 is Mission Impossible Fallout. 8 is Suspiria. 7, Widows. 6, Sorry to Bother You. 5, Roma. 4, Night is Short, Walk on Girl. Three, you were never really here. Two, if Bill Street could talk, and one, first reformed. But I think talking about them now, I'd probably put Bill Street at number one and first reformed at number two. Uh, who cares at That's this fair. point? <laughs> They're all on the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say I'll say mine, even though it's chronological. Annihilation, the death of Stalin, won't you be my neighbor? Uh, you were never really here. Mission Possible Fallout, first reformed, searching. Mandy, Bad Times at the El Royale, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This has been a very good year for film. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll just do my plugs real quick. Uh, Monster Mash podcast, uh, monthly show. Uh, next episode should be coming out very soon. Uh, we will be talking about uh, a Friday the 13th movie. Uh, probably the worst film in the entire series, and it's the fourth of them that i've actually seen so that says a lot um and i've gotten confirmation from people that have seen all of them that i'm correct so yeah go listen to that it's a very it's a very fun episode about a very lethargic movie that maybe doesn't deserve to exist uh so yeah check that out when that comes out tomorrow i should edit that episode tonight um (laughs) (laughs) I should uh, maybe uh, schedule an episode. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I look forward to that. And I think that's it. Bye. Fuck Roland Emmerich.